1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Well, hello, hello. We are back. A Friday show, huh? Feeling it. You First feeling week it? week
3: of the new year done. Completed. How do you feel like we did? I I feel like we did great. I mean, I went through, I felt like an up and down this week. Yeah. where I was like in it at the beginning and then, you know, the reality of like being back no, it's-
2: for sure. It took me a little bit of a moment to get back as well. But remember, y'all, I was like teasing all throughout the week that we were going to have a special guest joining us. Mm-hmm. Well, the one and only Shar sell is here. Well, not here, but she's, she's at home. Us. She's joining us from the in-home studio. Hi, Char. Yes,
4: yes. Can you all hear me? Is we do. Good?
2: We can hear you. Hi.
4: Yeah, hi. I must say that the reason that I'm at home is I'm one of the people who had a breakthrough uh, Covid positive, despite Welcome being to the club. double, despite being double vaccinated and boosted. Mm. Yeah, I'm in the club, Shira, but I, you were down bad. You were out for a month. I feel fine. All I got is a runny nose. You look like you had one foot in the casket.
5: Okay. Wow. <laughs>
2: But it's, it's actually very true. Shira was very down. I, I was. And I didn't realize that Shira was gone for almost a month until me and Shira were talking. And I was like, wait, she was gone for
3: that long. Only seven days of... Uh, vac- no one cares uh, about your vacation time, Shira. Days. I'm just letting
4: you know. <laughs> Never, nevertheless, that's why I'm at home. I'm very, very upset about it. But you know what? I'm okay. Things could be worse. And like I said, all I've had is uh, some minor, you know, congestion. No no headache, no yeah. fever, none of that craziness. Wow. So. What about fatigue? No fatigue, really, oh. either. Wow. It's well, literally only been like, I need to blow my nose. It hasn't been anything. No chills, yeah. none of that. Well, so, but I'm, I still am upset. I'm
2: incredibly happy that you're able to join us today on the show. We're very, very excited about it. Um, we have a lot that we're getting into mm-hmm. uh, coming up on the show today. You know, finally, COVID tests are getting shipped to our homes. We're breaking down what the Biden administration is doing because finally, was it a little too late? I don't know, but they're getting it done. Um, and dry January, is it? Actually, really good for your health. We're going to talk about it coming up on the show. But first, let's get into what's trending this hour.
3: Yes. Well, earlier this week, a California state senator withdrew a bill that would have banned medically unnecessary surgeries on intersex children. The bill would have prevented certain surgeries until the children were old enough to participate in the decision around the procedures. State Senator Scott Walker, who's a Democrat from San Francisco, has previously tried to pass similar bills over the past few years. His most recent bill would have prohibited unnecessary surgeries on intersex children until they were 12 years old. Uh, That is so needed. And it's sad that it's not passing. It's pretty. Yeah. These
4: these kids should be able to choose. They should be able to choose. Yeah.
3: This is basic stuff here. Well, let's move on to the Supreme Court, whose conservative majority signaled that it is unlikely to allow the Biden administration to enforce a sweeping rule intended to help stop the spread of COVID in the nation's workplaces. Okay, well, the court heard three hours of this argument, including a lot of opposition from the liberals, and they basically... It involved appeals around the federal vaccine or testing requirements for large employers and the vaccine mandate for some healthcare workers. And it rules that it would affect as many as 100 million workers. Several of the court's conservatives suggested they did not believe federal laws gave the government the authority to impose such a broad requirement covering millions of private employees. So it seems like that won't be happening, that mandate in the workplace and for healthcare workers now. Hmm. Well, all right. And finally, all three men convicted in Ahmed Arbery's murder were sentenced to life in prison. Here is Judge Walmsley.
6: Mr. McMichael, the court sentences you as follows. Count one, malice murder, life without the possibility of parole. Count two, felony murder, vacated by operation of law. Count three, felony murder, vacated by operation of law. Count four, felony murder, vacated by operation of law. Count five, felony murder, vacated by operation of law. Count six, aggravated assault, merges into count one.
3: Now, count seven, as you hear uh, Travis assault. McMichael and Greg McMichael, who chased down and fatally shot Arbery, get no chance of parole. William Bryan, who filmed it, is allowed a chance of parole. Mm. And that was what's trending this hour. Let's move on to entertainment news. What's going on in the tea?
4: Well, for the my first tea report, you know, first Friday of the year, I have to start this off by wishing happy birthday to a ten-year-old Blue Ivy. Beyonce and Jay The daughter hey, is now yes. ten.
2: Can you can like is does that mean her does it does that make her a preteen?
3: Double digits.
2: Like is she Almost. reading? Is she reading Almost. like chicken noodle soup for the teen soul? No, the distinction would
4: be idea. like when she's like 12. But in, in more sad news, the legendary actor Sidney Poitier has mm-hmm. passed away at 94 years old. Now, he was the first Black man to win an Oscar for Best Actor. That's what should be noted. I've seen tributes pour in from the likes of Oprah Winfrey, Barack Obama. Now, when he won the Academy Award, it was in 1964 for a film titled Lilies of the F- Field, And like I mentioned, that made him the first black actor to do it. Now, he also has previously been nominated for his performances, breakout performances, in The Defiant Ones. And he's also well known for movie roles like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner and In the Heat of the Night, which I believe we have a clip of him in In the Heat of the Night.
2: We sure do. You're pretty sure of yourself, ain't
7: you, Virgil? Virgil, that's a funny name for a boy that comes from Philadelphia. What do they call you up there? They call me Mr. Tibbs. Mr. Tibbs! Well, Mr. Wood,
2: take Mr. Tibbs, take him down to the depot, and I mean boy like now. I okay, just
4: probably. must say, as as one of the Hollywood Titans, I believe that, you know, this is almost a year to the day. I can't remember the day that Cicely Tyson died last year, but hmm. we are losing we are really losing legends. our pillars within the community. No, you it's, said what, Ryan? I was
2: like, we're losing yeah. our legends. And I, I think it's so interesting. Um you know the fact that he's lived such a long life. I didn't even realize he was ninety-four. I was like, wow, me neither. The, the the incredible life that he's been able to live. It's 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 so important to acknowledge his work and continue to just uh, remember him throughout the. I mean, it, he's a staple in Hollywood. He's going and to he's, be a staple.
4: He, oh, uh, for sure. And he's one of those actors that's been kind of evergreen to me, like in a Mor- Morgan Freeman type yeah. way. Yeah, kind of like you know, he's just always like around. He would always be around, peace.
2: right? Like yeah. yes. Lived.
4: Rest in peace to Sidney Poitier. That is the team report.
2: And we actually found out January 28th was when Cicely Tyson passed. She was 97. No, no it had
4: to have been earlier than that. It was not the 28th.
2: No, we Googled. No, we Googled. A per- we got our producer. What do you think? We have no researchers here? Exactly. What do you mean? We're fact checking. No, I thought it was like around the 8th or whatever,
4: but okay. Okay, well, rest in peace to the both of them.
2: All right. Well, let's keep this party going. We'll have top of the hour news and tea report coming at every hour on the hour. So stick around for that. But Cheryl, what's coming up later on the show? Like, What's coming up next?
3: Next, uh, you can get a coronavirus test kit shipped to your home. We'll give you more details with The Washington Post after this.
0: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q.
3: Now, the White House is finalizing
2: details with the USPS, um, well, the U.S. Post Office uh, to deliver 500 million coronavirus test kits to households across the country. Joining us to break all of the details down is Jacob Bogage. He is a business reporter at The Washington Post. Hi, Jacob. Thanks so much for being here.
7: It's great to be back with you guys.
2: Okay, so let's get into this, because I think testing has been the huge issue, right? We have, I feel like everyone is having hard times finding testing, and the, the administration really... It took a minute for them to get here, break down this plan at this point, and are they a little too late?
7: Well, so are they a little too late? I don't think you can necessarily be too late here. I mean, people are going to need tests, and... Providing them is going to be helpful. Would it have been nice to have these uh, before Christmas or or between Christmas and Thanksgiving? Absolutely, it would have been. Um, but but here we are. Uh, the administration is going to purchase 500 million, half a billion COVID tests. And there was a question about how are they going to get these out? And they're going to use the U.S. Postal Service to do it. There will be a website that folks can log on to and you input your details and shoop, they ship COVID rapid COVID tests uh, to your front door. So it, this this is supposed to roll out, and these tests are supposed to start arriving mid-January. Um, it is, of course, later than a lot of people would like, but, it, you know, we're still in a pandemic here, uh, and, and it, it, it's certainly not too late.
3: Yeah, of course. How, how many will people get, though? Is it just like one and done? You know, do they just keep on going on the site to get more?
7: That's a great question, and we don't have those details yet. The the administration, first of all, it needs to buy these things and take possession of them, and it has not yet. They have closed some of the contracts, so they have made agreements to purchase them, but they they don't have them yet, and we don't know uh, exactly what this process is going to look like. What we do know is that there was a, a, a discussion about should we just send COVID tests to everyone, no matter if you have COVID or not. If you need a test or not, everyone's going to get tests, but it's going to send them to every address. And the administration has decided, no, we're not going to do that. You need to request them first. So I I think, yeah, so I think the amount of tests that folks will receive will be dependent on how many people are in your household. So is it just you? Is it you and a family? Um, Do you feel like you only need tests for certain members of your family, et cetera, et cetera?
4: You know, I have a personal beef with this entire conversation because it's been the lack of accessibility that has been throwing off this entire last few weeks for me and and a lot of people that I know as well. I would like to know, though, as far as the Biden-Harris administration, do they seem to have a better relationship with the Postal Service than, than the Trump administration?
7: Undoubtedly, they do. Yeah, undoubtedly, they do. I mean, Joe Biden, you can talk about if he's a liberal, if he's a moderate, if he's anything. I think the best label for him is an institutionalist. Uh, He's someone who uh, respects and uh, sees the benefit of the institutions that have uh, sustained this country and our democracy for a long time. And part of that's a functioning post office. He's nominated and had three uh, folks confirmed to the Postal Services Board of Governors. He submitted two more nominations that need Senate hearings and are likely to be confirmed uh, in the new year. So, yes, he certainly has a better relationship with the post office. And, and I think the reason you ask this question, right, is remember back in 2020, when the pandemic was just starting, the Trump administration was literally days away from sending every household in America five reusable face masks. Think about that in April 2020, if mm-hmm. everybody had a face mask yeah. and the and President Trump sent them out. Um, and, of course, President Trump didn't do that because of a feud, an ongoing feud with the post office. And here's the Biden administration leveraging the post office and its reach to help people, even if it is coming maybe later than a lot of folks would like.
2: So, Jacob, I think for me, it's. I wonder, oftentimes the the USPS is gets overwhelmed with all these things, right? And we know packages, mail gets delayed. How is this going to, you know, be a part of that? Are we going to expect these tests to get delayed as well?
7: That's a great question. So uh, think about this Christmas season, right? I mean, I have been on this program a number of times talking about how the Postal Service has had late mail, has yep. late packages, has dropped the ball, right? This Christmas season actually went really well for them. Uh, And that's because they staffed up in time to handle it. Uh, They increased their capacity, They, they purchased new machines, they opened new facilities. I mean, this was an example of the fact that you can't cut your way to success if you're the post office, you have to invest in the things that make you work. And so the plan to distribute these tests is to keep that extra staffing on board, to keep these extra machines and facilities on board. Uh, and get them out in a, in a timely way, but again, a lot of that's going to depend on uh, when the administration gets the tests, uh, how how efficiently they can distribute them to processing plants across the country, and then there's a whole you know there's a whole IT side of this too, right? Which if you have to log on yeah. to a website and request them, you're going to have fifty million households at once trying to get tests right (laughs) so they better they better build a damn good website i
3: don't know it seems like Um, a recipe for disaster like he's already getting (laughs) criticism and this could really throw it off the deep end yeah
4: between this and student loans as
7: (laughs) i've as i've reported this over and over the the fears that i have been hearing from uh folks involved with this is are we creating another healthcare.gov here? Are we going to create this vital portal that is going to crash because so many people need it? And, and oh, that's going to be a asking. huge test for the administration. And, and to to be fair, the administration <laughs> expectations are so low for it right now that if it works half decent, uh, there's going to be a lot of people who, who will get tests. will get them in a timely fashion. And uh, it, it would be a big accomplishment, both for the Biden White House and for the U.S. Postal Service.
2: Well, Jacob Bogage, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you for always just telling us everything about the mail that we had no clue about. This is our mailman. It's always
7: (laughs) such a pleasure.
2: He, you are most definitely our
7: mailman. <laughs> <laughs> you going to get me a costume?
3: Oh, I my mean, God. What's your address? We that's need to send actually happening. Now really, this is a new inside joke. <laughs> that's a okay. good idea. That's
2: Jacob O'Gage. He is a business reporter at The Washington Post. Thank you so much for joining us. Cheryl, what's coming up?
3: Well, what you need to know about the new COVID-19 pills, a lot of innovations on today's show around this pandemic. That's next.
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect, impress them on the third date Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q.
3: Two new pills for treating COVID-19 are getting a lot of buzz. The FDA greenlighted Pfizer's Paxlovid for emergency use in December and Merck's Molnupiravir. And joining us to share more details. is Peter Anderson, professor of pharmaceutical sciences at the University of Colorado School of Pharmacy. Thanks for joining us.
6: Hi, glad to be with you.
3: So tell us more about how these both work. Are they exactly the same? Do they differ at all?
6: Yep, they differ. So Paxlovid is called a protease inhibitor, uh, is mechanism of action. And so what it does is the virus makes a big, long protein as it's in part of its replication cycle. And this drug uh, prevents the virus from breaking that big, long protein up into little functional Proteins, uh, and that's called a, a protease inhibitor, or sort of a protein wow. chopper inhibitor.
2: I, I think I just um, went to medical school with that. De- <laughs>
6: yeah, <laughs> I
2: honestly, no, 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 I, it's, it's
3: okay. It's just it, it's one of those it, things where it's like, but they both like do this like all right. So they do they no. do the same thing, but through different processes.
6: Right? No, no. And then malunipirvir uh, acts completely differently on a different part of the life cycle. So both of these block. Part of the life cycle of the virus, uh, molnupiravir blocks it by, um, with the genetic um, material of the virus, uh, it when it's replicating its genetic material, molnupiravir introduces errors in that process, and it introduces a whole bunch of errors in the genetic material, and then the in the virus becomes non-functional. Okay, and so they. Mm-hmm. totally different mechanisms of action okay
2: okay so let's talk about how this met like medication actually like fights it does it work with my thing is if I'm vaccinated and boosted and then I end up getting COVID-19 like through a breakthrough case and what do I get take this pill and everything is okay like how does it interact with people who are already vaccinated
6: yeah I, I don't think if you were vaccinated and boosted I think The physicians would probably think you're going to have a mild case and probably you wouldn't be high on the list to get these uh, medications. They're more for people that there's concern for, you know, hospitalization. Mm. Um, So it's people who either have not been vaccinated or uh, have been vaccinated but have other medical conditions that put them at risk. So So in your part... Yeah, that's... yeah sorry. So
4: I, ha- I have a question. No worries. I have a question about your yeah. personal opinion. Do you think that these pills will incentivize anti-vaxxers to now, you know, kind of step in, you know, kind of help us fight this thing since they are so they don't <sighs> want to do the jab? Do you think these pills will be more appealing to them?
6: <laughs> oh boy. I, I don't think so. I mean, that's um, personal opinion you asked for. Um, yeah. I don't think this of, of all things, would change uh, anti-vaxxers' minds for, for now getting a vaccine, um, uh, maybe even have the opposite effect <laughs> um, because now you've got something that, you know, should somebody get COVID, uh, this can, can treat and um, prevent hospitalization if uh, started, you know, soon enough after symptoms.
2: Could these pills help fight off new variants? Because it sounds like I mean the variants are popping up every five seconds, like their cousins. Yeah. Okay.
6: Yeah, potentially, um, because what the variants, the risk is people um, that have COVID for a long, long time. uh, It gives the virus an opportunity to develop variants, and these drugs would prevent somebody from having COVID for a long, long time. And so it could, in that way, prevent uh, variants from from occurring. Um, The risk with all antiviral drugs is that the virus can develop resistance over time. And and so down the line, I think we're going to have to watch for that. Um, But as of now, I I haven't heard of any reports of, of resistance to the drugs.
3: Yeah, this reminds me of when you have a cold or a flu. Something that the doctors give, and they're actually saying that now because they've been over giving them that they they want to stop because it can, as you mentioned, it can uh, change right and get worse. So, is this going to be something we see as like a sustainable answer to us dealing with the pandemic?
6: Well, we'll have to see sustainable. You know how long sustainable. Um, you know what duration uh, you mean, but. Definitely in the short term, uh, these drugs are going to have an, uh, an effect, a, a positive effect, I think, on the trajectory of the epidemic, um, pandemic. So, so I'm optimistic for the impact um, and, and that it'll be a positive impact, uh, in the short, at least in the short term and probably medium term.
3: All right. Um, Short, medium. We're good to go, at least. We could use some of that. Well, thank you. Uh, That was Peter Anderson, professor of pharmaceutical sciences at the University of Colorado School of Pharmacy. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Doc.
6: Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.
3: Bye. Next up, the viral moment between Ted Cruz and Tucker Carlson. I can barely say his name, or I've tried to (laughs) delete his name out of my memory that everyone is sharing on social media. We get into it next.
0: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q.
3: Okay, we are back. Happy Friday. And Shar again joins us as our third Mike on Friday.
0: Ooh, uh,
2: I mean, there's a, there needs to be a better name. Joining the party. Third Mike on Friday. <laughs> that was so
3: creative. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Hi, uh, Char- no. There's nothing to rhyme. We don't have don't to know. brainstorm right now.
4: <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to be here, though. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for having me You know I'm a fresh 34, but we can talk about it later. Oh,
3: happy birthday again. Thank you. Well, let's get into some not such good fun news, but, you know, people that are Oh, no, this is good news. Honestly, I love it when
2: white, white Republicans, I love it when they're arguing at each other. Like, eat each other alive. Yeah, so this is
3: what went down. Ted Cruz yesterday walked back his use of the word terrorist when describing the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Great way to, you know... Uh, commemorate a day where people were hurt and died right like I don't I don't want to care too much on a day like today he had this really intense back and forth with Fox News host Tucker Carlson here's a clip
7: carelessly um and yet you called this a terror attack when by no definition was it a terror attack that's a lie you told that lie on purpose and I'm wondering why you did What I was referring to are are the limited number of people who engaged in violent attacks against police officers. Now, I think you and I both agree that if you assault a police officer,
1: you should go to jail.
7: I wasn't saying that the thousands of peaceful protesters supporting Donald Trump are somehow terrorists. I wasn't saying the millions of, of, of patriots across the country supporting President Trump are terrorists. What you just said doesn't make sense. So if somebody assaults a cop, he should be charged and go to jail. I couldn't agree more.
3: Come on, Tucker Carlson. Don't make all the other uh, Republican viewers of yours hate me.
2: <laughs> I don't know. This was ridiculous. What, yeah, what do you feel about this, Shar?
4: You know, I just... This is always so fascinating to me, especially when um, when Ted Cruz is involved in the news because he's such a flip flopper. Mm -hmm. And like, why are we fighting so hard to have revisionist history like these people were terrorists that that's just a a fact they were. And I don't know where he gathers the the term peaceful protesters from, because, I mean, we've seen it. And, you know, I've mentioned to both you and Shira Ryan to please check out the HBO Max documentary called four hours at the Capitol. It gives you a front row seat to the madness. Here's the
2: thing. I um I probably won't be checking that out anytime soon because I have been so exhausted over watching Republicans just try to rewrite history in, in the ways that they're doing. And the fact that yes, Ted... Gaslight history. I mean, and, and the fact that Ted Cruz ha- is so scared to lose his, like, political career than to stand up for something uh-huh. that matters is, is why this, if this, like... The American people are in danger if we continue to allow Republicans to run this country in the ways that they try to do. It, it, I mean, they don't care about us; they rather care about supporting, I mean, honestly, domestic terrorists instead of actually doing the right
3: thing. Also, <laughs> Cruz then continues to remind Carlson that he was one of the Republican senators who objected to the 2020 presidential election results. So it's like I'm on your side. First of all, you don't, Tucker
2: Cruz. I don't need to prove nothing to Tucker Cruz, right? Like, I, well, I, I saw- Tucker Cruz. Thank Tucker you. Car- no, Tucker. Wait, did I say Tucker Cruz? Who is Tucker oh, Cruz? No, well, Tucker Carlson. You know who I'm talking
3: about. <laughs> Y'all know who I damn talking about. i one I'm and sick one. Of both of them. Looks right? like
2: flu Rona. <laughs> exactly. We're gonna like
4: put those names together
3: at this point.
2: I am just so sick of it at this point. What are you? The way that uh, t- uh, Tucker Carlson like tries to run up on people and then like it, it just literally gaslights them. He's not even a journalist. I'm sorry, he's not.
4: Well, he's no, big he's bully. not. He's an entertainment host.
2: Yeah. What do you
4: all th- see for the future of the Republican Party, especially as midterms near, you know, this upcoming November?
3: I think as I, I feel like you said this, like they don't have a what's the a backbone, right? Mm-hmm. They will do anything. And I think they will come together yeah. to ruin the left. They are going to like just come as like a an amorphous monster.
4: But how if they don't have a united front? You got President Trump being booed by his
2: own
3: constituents because he's pushing vaccines and and boosters. But in the end, when all, all of it, when S goes down, I can't say that word, I do think they, better than the Democrats, come together in a united front.
2: Well, I want to know what everyone listening, sound off on our social media at LGT Show. Let's keep the conversation going there because, honestly, we got a lot more stuff to talk about on this show. We got more updates on Trump's new social media platform when it's launching. That's coming up next in What's Trending this Hour.
0: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. All
2: right, let's get into it. More show coming up. It is top of the hour on the hour. You know we got everything you need to know. Shar Jaisal is here with us, filling in. What's up, Shar?
3: Well, I'm not really filling in. Yeah, you're not in, filling in. I don't I? even know why
2: I said filling in. I'm so
3: used to you filling in. Yeah, because it's... in December, she <laughs> yeah. was filling in a lot for me. Yeah, she... I just wanted to rub it in your uh, face. Yeah, save you, <laughs> She's the third mic. We, we got to find out a better mic. Uh, you know, buzzy motto for her joining on Friday. I
2: don't know. We I don't know if we should, but we we gotta we gotta figure out her Char's Corner, Char something. I don't. It know. It has to be
4: something with an S. Let Let's go to the drawing exactly. board when we get time.
2: Okay. Well, Char, thank you so much for being a part of Let's Go There today. We very uh, we're very excited to have you. But coming up later this hour, get ready. Dry January. What is it, and does it actually improve your health? Plus, Britney Spears is putting a new meaning to Free Britney. That's coming up (laughs) in the T Report.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's a mess. So get ready for that. But, Shira, what's happening? uh, What's trending right now? Well, this is disappointing. A group of Benedictine monks has cut ties with a Catholic school in a Chicago suburb after it hired a lacrosse coach who is in a same-sex marriage. Can
2: I just say, we will always find some way to talk about the damn
3: Catholic church, and now we're talking about monks? Yeah, and I'm sad. I, I like monks. Do you? These folks are disappointing. Just plot
2: twist. I went to the show. I mean, I don't know much about monks, to be honest. And who knows? I don't want to say I like
4: anyone. I don't think like nuns, but like the guy version.
2: Yeah, but my only thing is I don't want to say I like anything because you just never know. Monks could be problematic in the next six months and we're regretting that we like monks. Sure, there's
3: an individual in every type of group that is problematic. You're that individual for us. (laughs) (laughs) Actually,
2: no. Char is that individual for us. <laughs>
3: Excuse me? Wow. Problematic corner wow. with Char no. Wow. Okay. 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 Well, I guess we've di- digressed on this story. Um, just a shout out to Amanda Cam, an alumni who has offered this job as head lacrosse coach um, as part of this school. Anyway, the monks are trying to get her out. Um, and I'm happy she's standing her ground as um, the lacrosse coach. You know, we've heard a lot about these stories of coaches that are being hired who they later find out are in same-sex marriages or relationships and getting kicked off. We actually had one on the show. Yeah, we sure did, yeah. And they are definitely staying in their jobs. At the same time, a lot of them, I mean, kind of it's like F you I just not I'll never me. understand
4: I'll never understand the pedestal that, that certain churches and institutions put same sex marriage in, and gay things on when it's like okay you're still eating an, an animal with hooves, that's an abomination in the Bible. Like people ignore certain things, you know, yeah in the same text in the same scripture. But let's keep going. Sorry.
3: Let's keep going to the US jobs reports that showed unemployment dropped to three point nine percent. President Biden boasted about the record job gains in his first year. Here he is.
6: Today's national unemployment rate fell below 4% to 3.9%, the sharpest one-year drop in unemployment in United States history. The first time the unemployment rate has been under 4% in the first year of a presidential term in 50 years. 3.9% unemployment rate. Years faster than experts said we'd be able to do it, And we have added 6.4 million new jobs since January of last year, in one year. That's one of the most, that's the most jobs in any calendar year by any president in history.
3: Great. Love to hear it. He sounded really excited also. I mean, he sounded (laughs) like he needed a glass of water. Right.
2: (laughs) Or he needs a COVID test. Oh, no, please. Not another president catching COVID. We don't need it.
4: Every time I hear a cough, can you blame me? You
3: True. know, let people have little coughs.
2: No, I'm sorry. I don't know if I can let little uh, well free
3: I'll, the coughs.
2: Well, Cher only says that because she still coughs.
3: I'm a sinusy person.
2: And <laughs> sniffles
3: before COVID, <laughs> after COVID. Oh, gosh. so let's move on to former President Donald Trump, whose new social media platform, Truth Social, is expected to launch on Presidents' Day, February 21st. And this is according to the latest Apple Apple App Store listing. So this is happening you all. Well. Truth Social is the latest conservative alternative uh, large social media platform to go against Twitter and Facebook, with the former president um, has, of course, been censored from or banned from. It's going to be launched by Trump Media and Tech Group. It's his new thing, TMTG. can be pre-ordered before its expected release date. According to the listing, it says that the platform can, sh- uh, if you go on the platform, you can share your unique opinion by posting a truth Retruth photo, news story, or video link to communicate with your friends, customers and the world. I love it. it's like instead of a retweet, you can retruth it, right? So St- let me
4: ask you this, Shira, does it say how much the app costs? Because I know this isn't for free.
3: Trump and his wife like are doing right everything now. for
4: money right now.
3: <laughs> no, I think it's it says pre-order. I don't see a cost to it right now. Yeah, I don't. I doubt it'll
2: have a cost to it. But my only thing is, why do like why make a competitor to an app that's already out there with Gitter?
3: Well, because
4: honestly, he thinks he could pra- own it, he wants to own
2: start it. praying me the amount the amount of times I've like said it on the show is, already. Is that your
4: favorite it. new app? Yeah.
2: You know, I am. I feel like I'm 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 a, an insider or a spy into the Republican mind.
4: Oh, that's what we're calling are, it. Okay. Are you going <laughs> to
2: sign up for this for
3: Truth Social?
2: Well, you no, I will. I, I can only take so much. Uh, so, I mean, honestly, there are some wild things that are happening. On is that your app. phone
3: starting to get heavy with all the horror, with all the negativity?
2: You see, you hear that silence. It didn't land.
4: Because <laughs> we're about to hop into the T-Report. The report burden podcast. of the
2: Republicans in your phone? <laughs> yeah, let's get to the T-Report. I can't do this. What's happening in the entertainment world?
4: So as Ryan teased earlier, this th- this story does redefine Free Britney. Um, I don't know if you all have been to Britney Spears' Instagram page lately, but Britney... Posted a photo flaunting her undressed figure with just a series of emotion. Excuse me, emojis covering her nether regions and her chest. Now, Shira, have you seen this photo? I did. Ryan, have you seen it?
2: I, I mean, I did when it got posted. Yeah, of course. And My thing is, I'm you know, I'm not. I'm gonna let Miss Brittany do her thing.
4: We get it. You're sex positive. Nevertheless, mm-hmm. Brittany mentioned that she is turning off the comments because people are absolutely horrible, which I also agree. Personally, I think this is a bit much. I'm not trying to police Britney. I'm all for free the nipple, etc., etc. I just think this is a bit much.
2: Why is it a and
4: bit much? It's a bit much because it's coming off the heels of her being free from her conservatorship. So of course, all of the conversation is like, well, maybe Britney needed a few more days. <laughs> like people you know it's coming and then it doesn't help come on now you know she does the the raccoon eye the smudged liner it's It's not like it's a glamour shot but
2: when you ask to free britney that means free her in every way so here's the thing
3: she's just wacky when something makes you uncomfortable on instagram social media i always say like ask yourself why it's making you uncomfortable what is there about that thing you know what I mean? Because I do. Like at first when I saw it, I was a bit like, "Ooh!" And then I had to be like, "Okay, what is it about this?" Because like I'm all about. I've I've been semi whatever on Instagram. Yeah, there's a lot of bathtub nudes. Um, not that extreme. But then I'm like, I get it. Like you're in a mode, you I just think, feel liberated.
4: I think it's because we've been so conditioned. And Britney is a superstar. She's not like, oh, my classmate from seventh like grade, Lazar, who's an adult now. So radio we're show. we're kind of conditioned to see a bit more glam. And I think that it's just. The, the basicness of it, and then also what is the reason, right? I think people are looking for a reason. There doesn't
2: need Do to. Do you be. need to be have a reason? It's just Miss Brittany. That's all that matters. Well, thank well, you. I, w-
4: I want Brittany to put some clothes on. That's the end <laughs> of
2: the <tea> before. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for that, Char. We have more show coming up, y'all. Let's talk dry January. Do you know what it is? And does it actually improve your health?
0: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q.
3: It is dry January. What does that mean to
2: you, Ryan? Oh, ain't nothing dry <laughs> except for my sex life if I'm being quiet. I mean,
3: <laughs> it could be, you know, yeah, uh, n- no sex January.
2: No, I think, isn't it really about alcohol, Shira? yes.
3: Yeah, it could be. Or, it could. you know, I'm a
4: Capricorn. We've been known to be a bit dry, so it could <laughs> speak to my Zodiac sign, too. <laughs>
3: Lots of meanings behind I this. I didn't know it had different meanings. I thought no, it was just, literally just No, we're one. just literally just creating that right now. <laughs> it's, it's, about, fun. it's about the alcohol. Ryan, it was a conversation oh,
2: starter. No, okay, I, I just that was something new for me. Thanks.
4: Yes. But we should acknowledge that people do launch into a whole bunch of different dry types of things for January. Yeah. People yeah. give up Cheetos and all different types of stuff.
3: Yeah. Okay. No, that's true because after kind of the indulgence of the holidays uh-huh. to take like that month to get your health back <laughs> yeah you know. yeah um well dry january besides everything we're talking about yeah it's really focused on um alcohol and basically being sober for a month and dr denny Carice is joining us right now the chief science officer at the recovery centers of america to talk about how doing dry january can possibly improve your health welcome to the show thank you so much Uh, So, of course, I feel like a lot of us know um, how, you know, maybe taking alcohol out of your lifestyle can help you, but even over a month, could it make that big of a difference? Yeah, it absolutely can.
9: I mean, there's things that can happen pretty quickly, like better sleep, Mm -hmm. weight loss, you save money, you may have more energy, your skin looks healthier, so there's things that start really right away.
2: Well, when it comes to dry January, do do people do it because they felt like... They were they, they they were kind of like I don't know realizing that they had a problem like why would someone choose to do a dry January?
9: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, people have all different reasons, but I think the majority feel like they've overindulged during the holidays. And I always ask people, you know, if you if you want to take a month off from something, like there must be a reason. I mean, nobody really says, "Hey, I'm going to see if I can give up broccoli for the month of January," right?
2: Well depends on if you're talking to a five-year-old no, it's,
3: it's true <laughs> no, I, I i get it that, that's true like true. If, if you feel like you have cravings for something or maybe you're doing it too much and you need a break from it maybe there's something bigger there to navigate
4: yep i'm someone who has you know relinquished alcohol for months on end at, at certain times but i do not participate in dry january personally but i want to know like how this can improve, because we mentioned weight loss, and I even know with certain cocktails versus just like a vodka soda. Um, how can this improve mental health when people step away from, from alcohol consumption for a month?
9: Oh, it's a great question. So um, there's just a bunch of different medical conditions, but it includes de- uh, depression, um, anxiety, sleep. People think alcohol helps you sleep, and in fact, it doesn't. Um, people tend to be more depressed when they drink. Um, They immediately get some uh, relief from anxiety, but it actually causes more anxiety in the long run. And another one is dementia. Oh,
3: Mm. wow. So Dementia? Yeah, no, it's true. Alcohol can cause dementia or, you know, if you were a big drinker, I think when you were younger, it definitely impact your brain as you get older. No, I mean, that is very true. How do you make uh, it go from a month possibly to more? Like, how do you how do you take that like, dry year? Dry well, life? I think
9: that when people quit for a month, they they realize the health benefits. They realize hopefully they can have fun sober um, and they just keep doing it. There's been a number of studies out there that have said that people who um, did dry January. I'm just looking for the, the data here. So um, another 900 people said out of 1600 said they were still um, sober uh, six months later.
2: Oh wow. I guess for for me I always think about these like kind of like health health conscious like fads that everyone ends up doing at the top of the year and it it often feels like it's rooted in like this conversation when it comes to alcohol and kind of understanding your body and and making sure you're not binging on alcohol where it can have like long lasting effects. That feels important, right? But the other kind of health conscious fads that we all society kind of makes you believe you have to do feels like it's it could be rooted in in just basically hating yourself. So how do you decide which one is best for you and if you're doing it for the right reasons? Well,
9: there's a couple of things. The first one is if you drink very heavily, you don't want to try this on your own because what people don't get is that alcohol withdrawal can actually be deadly. And usually it's the result of a seizure, seizure problem when you're withdrawing. Um, Opioid withdrawal, for example, will not kill you. Alcohol withdrawal can. So if you're a very heavy drinker, you don't want to just go, oh, I'm going to try dry January. You know, you want to get some help. So um, so that's one thing. And then the other thing was there was something like 75% of people who tried this uh, said they said they felt a great sense of achievement. Hmm. They saved money and felt a great sense of achievement. So, you know, if, if it's about hating yourself and whatnot, this is something that can help you feel accomplished like you've, you've successfully done this.
3: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us and for that motivation. We appreciate it. You bet. That was Dr. Denny Carice, the chief science officer at the Recovery Centers of America. Well, next up, will a media consultant be able to help the CDC with their COVID-19 messaging? We all hope so. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, it seems like the CDC's Dr. Shel Walensky is seeking media training. Uh, we've seen her talk, she needs it. <laughs> talk out publicly and having just issues with the communication around the CDC's guide, guidance. And now it seems like they're entering the new year, still with some issues, of course, after saying that uh, folks can go back into the public five days after getting COVID. And she actually made uh, a public appearance today on um, some morning shows and also within the first press conference she's done in the new year. But the thing is, will it make a difference? Is it really about media training? Is it about messaging? Yeah, you what know, do you think?
2: The, my issue with her, and obviously the overall messaging of the CDC, and I think the reason why we are... Uh, I mean, they are most definitely have played a huge part in the reason why we're at where we are. But... She, when she was talking about the reason why they changed the, the guidelines to five days instead of ten, she literally said she feared that people would just like be over it and d- didn't want to stay in their house anymore. And I'm just like, so you're you're making sure that people who, like you're switching the rules and, and, and also affecting people who are actually following the guidelines that you set out there, who are actually doing what they're supposed to do, just because there's a few, there's like, I'm not a few, but there's tons of people who are out there being like, well, I'm fine. I don't feel anything. I'm just going to go out there anyway and you're just changing your entire, you know, guideline plan for those people who are already being difficult in the first place. Like I you know, there's a there's there's a lot there where I, that I just feel like she has just not done a great job at relaying the message that they want us to know and that's the reason why there's so much confusion.
4: Yeah, I got I got to agree with that. I feel like the damage that has been done is is not can't really be uh, repaired in all honesty. Um I think that there has is a gross mistrust of the CDC. I've seen so many just like you 2 I've seen so many different jokes circulating online about like CDC just say good luck, you know. <laughs> I think that that the damage that has been done and it's so funny how it's worked because it's unravelled within these last few weeks in particular and people don't it, people aren't taking the the CDC as, as a reliable source or taking them seriously at the time being. So I don't I don't see them coming back from it.
3: Yeah, it's really unfortunate because well I feel like Fauci had his issues, but... Did he do better than this? The,
4: the, he did.
3: I mean, of
2: course he did, he did but in my, my opinion. Which is
3: the, the my only thing is here. It's wild that they're
2: just now thinking like that they should get a media co- uh consultant to like help her either media train her or someone out there to like be I'm like, where's was, the messaging PR person? Well,
3: like, where's the overseer?
2: Well, my thing is, we're h- how many years into this and y'all didn't think that was about like that was a plan that y'all should have done <laughs> right. in the first 2 days of this all going to crap. But like Ryan. it makes no sense.
4: But Ryan, that's a reoccurring theme, how far, how deep we are into COVID. And we still, like I, like we were mentioning earlier, have no access to testing like in in, in a timely fashion and just so much that's going on. And, and to push back against Shira's point, um, I think Fauci has his flaws, of course, but he was certainly a bit more streamlined in his mm. messaging than, than the CDC has been, in my opinion. I, well,
2: it, yeah. I, it, for me to push back on your point about that, I think he was more streamlined after Trump. Um, towards the end of Trump's like uh, you know presidency, I feel like when everything was happening, him and Doctor, uh, I think it's Doctor is her name, yeah, Burks. Uh, yeah, Burks. yeah, they were they were sitting in the corner and kind of allowing a lot of things to happen. Well, allow- th- well they're being they were.
3: dragged by a leader who wouldn't listen to I any of them.
2: I, my thing is, there was so many opportunities, in my opinion, that them as scientists, them as doctors, should have been like, what he's saying. Don't take that bleach. Don't you know listen to his his. Instead, I remember watching them in those press conferences sitting behind him or standing behind him and just looking off and making faces. And it's just like, we don't know the the extent
3: until people have died. So how can they wrangle this in? Will it be enough? I mean... At this point, I almost feel like they need to have a common front with, you know, from Biden to the CDC and say, OK, let's talk about what has happened, why we're here and what well, we're doing. People, moving don't like,
4: forward. people don't even like Biden no more. A lot of people, you Which know, based sad. on conversations I've seen regarding that with, with his true. with how the, the pandemic has been handled at his end. And then, of course, it just seems like he is.
3: The issue is how he's handled the pandemic. Look at every other country. It's been the same thing everywhere. It's not like... And the U.S. has had, you could say, kind of worse numbers at the same time. The wave is happening everywhere. We're not the only ones dealing with this.
2: No, but I think the reason why there is more... And it's unfortunate because it was already crap and I think he had to come in and be like, oh, how am I supposed to you know, take care of this huge dumpster fire? But guess what? He's still the president. And unfortunately, how the system works is... All of the mess is still on you. No matter what yep. the trials and the, the, the things that you're going through, you still have to figure out a plan because that's the job that you signed up for. Yep. And I think there's no real excuse as him as a president to, to he has to figure that out. He has to. The, there's just been too many mistakes at this point, and we should not be going through that. Okay. And the
4: messaging well, like, is screwed. I, I just think we're just so far off the rails and there's just a, a distrust. It doesn't matter uh-huh. if you're right-leaning or left-leaning. Leaning. There seems to be an overall distrust with a lot of the information coming out about COVID-19 nowadays.
3: Yeah, and my worry with these tests at home with USPS, if that is messes up, which it probably will, that's the, <laughs> the barely beginning of the end, right? Okay, well, next up, let's talk about this. Partying flight. Uh, these passengers were going to Mexico, and they got stopped because all of them basically had COVID. Oh. What's next? Let's go there
0: with Shira and Ryan,
3: Channel Q. All right, I'm very, I'm very embarrassed because this next story involves people from my hometown of Montreal. A party flight passengers on what is being called this irresponsible party flight headed to Cancun oh. are now stuck in Cancun because the airline won't bring them back home.
2: Yeah, because they were acting a fool.
3: Yeah, basically. I must say. What? Yeah, go ahead, Shira. Go ahead. I was going to just some, give you some context as to what happened. So they were on this flight over the holidays headed to Cancun and literally the video is coming out on social media. It is a. It's like a party bus, but in the air, right? They are. That's the type of plane it is. Well, meaning it feels like a party no. bus. Oh, that's imagine. how they and made they it. Were like, yeah, they were standing up, walking around. I mean, some of them were smoking their vapes, drinking. They would have been mad if that plane would have blew up or sank
6: or would I, I just
4: like, I just like to say, I know some of our listeners roll their eyes, you know, when we bring race into this, but there's no way that any other race other than white people. It could have gotten away with something like this midair. I'm sorry. They would have done an emergency. Why didn't this plane from, from Canada to Mexico do an emergency landing? I saw some of the footage from this flight. It looks absolutely terrible. Here's the it thing.
3: looks scary, too. So here's the thing. There are a lot of things, and, and you bring up a good point. Um, but they chartered their pri- – it was a private plane. Okay,
5: what's oh, happening? So, uh,
3: and they took an additional step to of getting the, the passengers tested for COVID before they left Montreal
4: even in a even in a private plane chartered like that I think partying in the sky, it's different than a bus. You know, comparing yeah. it to a party bus, I think is is kind of diminishing the impact well, of doing it 30,000 feet in the air. Because
2: don't forget, when you are like sitting down in an airplane, you got to buckle up, you got to turn off your cell phones.
3: Right. You can't there's be it's like when you're going up in the air No, but I mean.
2: even when you're there's even time, you have to reach a certain altitude before the uh, flight attendants let you even unbuckle your seat
3: belt. So, like, that I like I'm like, that, that is, I don't that. know. That's if protocol. you have the money, to charter your own flight and have a private flight, do what you want as long as, yeah, you're what? safe.
2: No, I don't
3: believe it. Mean, and then why didn't anyone say anything on the flight who were like, you know, the uh, working there? They obviously didn't say anything, they haven't made any announcements. Maybe now the they flight, in power. the airline company's just embarrassed because it's connected to their brand, right? So like, that's the thing. I mean, maybe,
4: maybe so, maybe so. But it, I think if you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. And it does not surprise me that that these people cannot get back. I mean, it was like you mentioned, Shira, that is a bad look for the overall airline. But I, I also think that it is regardless of how you slice it, it's irresponsible because then everybody would have had tears in their eyes if the plane went down because they're they're on their mosh, having a mosh pit 30,000 feet in the air. My
2: my thing is, so were they upset about the, the fact that... Um, that there was videos that went out about it, and then the they're, so they're more so upset about the response that people had by
3: watching this, right? I would assume. I think that yeah, it spread across social media. Yeah. Everyone started calling well the group out, and then it was kind of like well to this um to this brand, yeah. uh, Sunwing Airlines. Because it was like, what are you going to do about this? Well, because
2: that makes my point. Because honestly, when I looked at this video, I saw not a nan. Um, mask and for me I, I don't care if they are like you know vaccinated or not i'm like at the idea of that in the middle of the pandemic that we're in seeing large groups of people together just partying and spitting in each other's face like this but it's a it's, private it don't party. matter that means oh, okay great all the germs is confined they to that also make
3: sure everyone got a negative test yeah i don't know well, just, there's a I lot of false negatives should've... as well I
4: see that Justin Trudeau, the prime minister of Canada, said that he was extremely frustrated. I also think that they could have waited till the plane landed to get the party started. There's no harm in maybe passing around, you know, a few cups of champagne while we're in the air. But wait till the plane plane lands before we start doing the ridiculousness. And this also speaks to people need to put their phone away. If you don't want to risk the blowback, then you need to make sure that everybody in your wild party that's 30,000 feet in the air does not have their phone out making Snapchat videos for the public to get a hold of
2: Whoever chartered the the flight should have said, put your phones in this bucket and we'll pass them right back in so we don't have to deal with anything going viral.
3: Well, now they're stuck in Cancun. They're trying to get out. Leave and them so, there. <laughs> Canada, I, don't, I don't think Cancun deserves that either.
2: I, well, no, but they don't. But Canada has logged nearly 470,000 new cases of COVID in the past 14 days. And if those people come back with anything, it's going to be even worse. So I don't know. And, Maybe and they need it's to stay also even worse
4: because, you know, all of these numbers were coming out about how people who are not from Mexico, we're flocking to Mexico and making other people sick. Yeah. So who's to say? Who is to say that these Canadians—that there's not one out of the bunch who got a false positive or whatever—and down there making people in Mexico sick? Who, okay. Who's to say?
3: Well, don't do what they did. Next up, if you're an LA area resident, how you can apply to take part in the Super Bowl halftime show—that and more—next on What's Turning This Up.
0: Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q.
2: Well, thank you so much for tuning in to Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. Um, We are having a good old time, wouldn't Mm -hmm. you say? Yes, feeling the Friday vibe. And I'm loving our third voice, the one and only Sharjah Sale, entertainment guru, journalist, and all things just amazing. Hi, Queen.
3: Hello.
4: It's the first Friday of the new year, and honestly, it feels like it's the fifth already. (laughs)
2: I mean, the way the week has been going. <laughs> Once we blink, it'll be it'll be September. Just just now. I'm that. sure. Just now. I'm that. sure. Well coming up this hour, let's uh let's check that out. Um why you shouldn't try to go viral in twenty twenty two it's not good for you. We got, a uh, like, a specialist, apparently. They're going to talk to us about it. And then um, also bragging. We're going to talk about should you brag or should you just move in silence? All these great conversations coming up later this hour. But right now, what is happening in the trending? What's trending right now?
3: Yeah, so this is an update on the and Buttigieg story. There was a homophobic troll who commented on his family holiday post. Of course, he called that person out on social media. Well, guess what? Now, the real estate broker has been fired from working as an independent contractor with Skyline Properties. I mean, when you do clownery, guess what?
4: Okay, the clown comes back to bite.
3: Exactly. So, yeah, that's the update. This person, I mean, I'm not going to even say what he said. but Oh, I I see the comment now. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He deserves everything that comes to him. Yeah, exactly. So that's an update. So just don't be a bad person. Don't do horrible things and it won't bite you in the booty. Now, Super Bowl is coming up. It's happening here in L.A. And guess what? L.A. residents, you can apply to participate in the Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show at Sophie Stadium in Englewood next month. So all you have to do, well, you could apply online, but the 500 people, it's not sexy, you all. You're going to be hired to serve as a field team, members to assist in assembling the stage.
2: Oh, my God. that reminds that's
3: me. That's kind of an interesting experience. That reminds
2: me that one time I was invited to an L.A. Galaxy game, a soccer game, and oh I was God, asked yes, to, to actually help, like, if one of the players hurt themselves, I to actually help them, help them get on a stretcher and bring them just to this. get the experience of sitting on the sidelines. No! Are you kidding so they'll me? be
4: they'll be assembling the stage I, what I find so strange is that you know the Grammys have been postponed Sundance has moved to the virtual but you know what come hell or high water America is going to have the Super Bowl kinda, Super Bowl ain't never gonna be canceled do really wanna go
3: it's in it L.A. Just, I mean,
2: it's hey, right here. I've never been in a, in a, in a same city where, like, a Super Bowl is happening. It
3: sounds fun. It's true.
2: I've been I in a city. I would not say that
4: I have either, but it, it also feels a bit irresponsible. I don't want to be the no, gray cloud sure. over everything. No, it feels but you're
3: outside and you're
2: separated. No, so
3: the Sophie
2: Stadium is enclosed. Well, and it's it,
4: going to be jam-packed. A and a then difference. that's when we're going to get the so Omicron that, Theta Theta Delta variant.
2: Well, unless you're in a, one of those little fancy boxes. Where it's like yeah. secluded. Does, does Odyssey isolated. have a fancy box? I don't know. Well, we'll have to fa- figure it out and see. Okay, so.
4: Yeah, we're going to have to look into that. If,
2: oh, now you want to go. <laughs> if if
4: I'm secluded and I'm in a box with, with my peers, absolutely. Not if I'm down there with the swill.
3: <laughs> okay. Not the swill. So you can go online. Again, they do preface. That uh, it is a paid position. Cool. You need some money right now. But you're going to have to push, pull, bend, and lift up to 50 pounds of weight, <laughs> according to the application.
2: Oh, no. This sounds awful. I want to well, get it. Will you the begin website. to
3: work out? What? I want to do it. Yeah, that. exactly. Superbowlproductions.com. I would only see. I
2: literally would only do it if Beyonce was the halftime show, so I could just be close to well, her.
3: As a reminder, Dr. Dre, Snoop, Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar. We'll be doing that show.
2: Nah.
4: Well, let's black it up. Well, I want to see Mary. I'll be tuning in for Mary and no, Mary only. All right. Is it time for the T-Report? Yes. Now
2: it is. Yep. Let's so
4: do um, I don't watch Drag Race, but I know that Ryan does, yes! which means, <laughs> you know, the, the season 14 premiere is tonight on VH1 and there's history being made. For the first time ever, there are two openly trans women in the running for the hundred thousand dollar cash prize. And I'm and the title for them. of America's Next Drag Superstar. So one of the women is named Carrie Colby Woo! and the other is named Cornbread the Snack. Yeah. Jete. They
2: are the best two queens ever. I am like obsessed with them. I've been following them for like ever at this point. I was so proud and happy that they um that both of them were literally on this season. Actually cornbread and Travel Anderson are good friend of the show. Mm-hmm. They actually went to school together.
4: There. Oh, wow. Jeez. To Morehouse, to uh, undergrad. High, I, no,
2: I think it was
4: high school. Oh, high school. Nice. Yeah, well, they yeah. said that, that, that they guaranteed that this season was going to be, quote unquote, transtastic. So if you want to check them out, like I said, tonight, head on over to VH1 and check out the season 14 premiere of RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. And get into the history making uh TV that we're about to yeah. watch unfold.
2: I have it actually uh recording because it, it comes on at 5 p.m. our time here. And I'm re- uh, I'm recording it because I have to I have to watch it and we'll be here in the studio doing the wonderful show. So
3: we appreciate that that you didn't
2: just... Oh, I was going to trust on that. You're but sure. thank you for the T Report, Char. Let's get into more show because why you shouldn't try to go viral in 2022 honestly what's the big deal about going viral anyway let's talk about it it's coming up next
3: let's go there with shira and ryan channel q a lot of people want to go viral these days maybe it was one of your resolutions or someone you know you know to blow up on social media
2: i mean i feel like that is the goal if you're ever trying to like do a TikTok or anything is to go viral, right? Yeah, well, think-
4: really, pretty much anything. In mm-hmm. all honesty, going viral opens up the doors to a lot of different opportunities.
3: That is the thing. It does. It does. But science is warning of the dopamine addiction that comes with seeking social media approval. So watch Ooh. out and join us. This right- is about the Paul brothers. Uh, no, I think. Well, they they were part of the beginnings <laughs> of this, uh, but I think we're all part of the problem now. Uh huh. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Courtney Tracy is with us right now, an addiction specialist. Also, known Known as the truth doctor on tiktok and instagram welcome to the show thank you so much nice to be here with you guys wait
2: dr courtney are you addicted to going viral because if you're on tiktok i'm I'm assuming you're pretty popular
10: I mean I may have a couple million of followers. My videos what? might get millions of downloads. But wow. I'm very careful with knowing when to attach to this virality and when not to, because it can be unhealthy.
3: Yeah. How do you do that though? Like what is your process? Because that can that's a real struggle.
10: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, once you go viral, like for the first time, I mean, even being an addiction specialist, the first time that I had a video go viral on TikTok I was freaking out. It really, it went all night long, millions of people, and I couldn't even sleep. I just wanted to continue looking at it. Uh-huh. So that's what, that was when I first realized, I was like, oh, wow, like no wonder people become so addicted, literally, not only to social media, but to going viral. And so I just kind of, what I do is I stay focused on my intention. As a mental health professional, I'm showing up to give education and if it goes viral, great, then for me, that, then I know I'm reaching more people. But not everybody has that intention of, you know, putting out education. So it's important to kind of be aware of when you are attaching too much of your self-esteem, too much of your self-confidence um, on going viral or not.
4: Yeah, I wanted to know, like, I definitely had an op-ed. All of my op-eds I wrote last year went viral. And so, but I I also approached them from a very academic stance and making sure that I didn't put out any BS with hopes of virality. But I want to know, is too much dopamine too bad? Like, is that bad for us?
10: You know, we need it. Dopamine is the feel-good chemical in our brain. But yeah, too much of it can be a bad thing. If we have too much dopamine in our brains, we can be stressed out, we can not sleep, we can have poor diet, we can partake in addictive behaviors, and we can have poor impulse control. Basically, what happens is our brain starts to realize, "Ooh, this thing is making me feel good. So getting an article that goes viral or a video that goes viral, our brain, our brain doesn't know like our brain, our mind is in our brain, but our brain doesn't have a mind. So all -hmm. our brain knows is, Something happened just now that Mm -hmm. made me feel good. And the more that we feel good only from social media... The more our brain is only gonna want that, I think that's the only thing that can make us feel good.
2: Well, here's the thing, doctor. I think when so much it feels like because of the, our culture and going viral and the opportunities that it, it, it can open and honestly change your life, people are you know that's that's their you know their golden ticket. And so how can mm-hmm. you when you rely so heavily like your livelihood could rely so heavily on it and say like I need this to happen because I'm tired of not being able to just like you know live my life on a daily basis when it comes to you know. Being able to afford things and the money that the opportunities it can bring on, how can you balance that and understanding like, yeah, this happens, but then also not get so addicted to it where it lets you all down if it doesn't. Oh happen. yeah,
9: I to-
10: yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. I mean, the reason that I'm on this interview right now is because I've gone viral on TikTok, so mm-hmm. I totally understand the the want to go viral. And so it's not really like should you try to avoid going viral? No, you probably shouldn't because again, yes, it can be your livelihood. This is the career that you want as a content creator, which actually 28% of kids in America these days want to be YouTube stars, want to be viral online instead of any other degree or career. So it's not to avoid going viral, but it's to slow down on how you use social media. I work with a lot of huge, huge creators, and my number one tip for them is If you're spending, if your career is on your phone, if your career is on social media, then when you're not actually working, have a separate phone that doesn't have those apps on there. So when you're out, you're at the grocery store, you're out to lunch with your friends, you don't have to actually take your work with you. You don't have to constantly be scrolling to see how many likes you get. And if your followers are going up, you can separate when you're working and trying to go viral. And then when you're just out living your actual life.
3: Yeah, I feel like that makes sense. It's easier said than done because, you know, a lot of times, and I, I definitely um, have built my career on social media, and it's like you want to have your phone on you just in case something happens, right, that you want to capture something in real time right. or an emergency. Yeah, I don't know. Like, to be connected in that way, there's a time and place to put down the phone. I feel like <laughs> one of the tips I heard recently, and I would love to get more tips from you, is that one of my friends says she, she never posts now in real time. She'll always like maybe get take a photo or this, that, but she doesn't post it until after the fact, which I need to start yeah, doing that so she could be more present.
10: Oh, I, I absolutely love that. Especially, you know, the, the research shows that we, like, let's say we're at a concert, right? <clears throat> and we're just recording the whole thing. We aren't actually remembering it, which makes sense. You know, we're not even looking at it directly. We're looking at it through our phone, but we're not even experiencing our life if all we're doing is recording it. So, and, and it, it's it's the act of like live recording it. And then like right when we record it, we want to post it. So I like that. Like, yeah, have your phone out, record the things that you want to, but then put it away so you can still experience it instead of spending the next 30 minutes to an hour right after you record something or post something, looking into it and making sure that it's having that virality when you're still going through the experience and you want to be a part of it.
2: Yeah. And I think for me, it's, I, when you go viral... Like you said, you spoke to this earlier, how overwhelming it was. How did you Mm -hmm. deal with the overwhelming responses of positive and negative? Like, how do you deal with that? Because I feel like that combined with the dopamine effect of it all is probably an awful cocktail.
9: (laughs) Yeah,
10: definitely. I think it's really just about, you know, and I have the privilege of knowing exactly what's going on in my brain when that dopamine rush is happening from going viral. And so it's like I can be aware of <clears throat> making sure that I'm not saying, ooh, now I have to only make this video or if I look like this, then that's when people are going to like me and this is what makes me important. It's it's being able to separate all that positive feedback that's coming in from a video um, and like letting it stay on the video and not necessarily absorbing it into who you are as a person because then let's say your intention is to continue going viral and for a few weeks you don't go viral. Then if you haven't, Sort of allowed yourself to have that separation between the positive response on the video and positive outlook on who you are as a person um it can start to affect you your self-esteem can start to go down and things like that when you aren't going viral so just making sure to separate the content that you're putting out positive or negative feedback um and you as a person
3: yeah have, like, have awareness to know when you're going down the rabbit hole. Right. Right? And just yeah. turn your Easier said off. than done. I know, totally. And part of that is, like, mindfulness, for me at least, right? Yeah,
10: absolutely. And, you know, another really great tip is, like, I think that we, we hear this often, whether we're users of social media or whether we're content creators, use the block button, use the unfollow button, monitor your screen time. But realistically, those are really important things to do. As a content creator... Excuse me. We are now technically our own bosses, right? But if we look at how often we're on our phones, if we're on our phones and we know that we're on social media most of that time, 10 hours, 9 hours. If you think about it, if you were in a regular job, you would be like, what the heck is going on right now? I don't want to work 10-hour days. So now that we have that freedom for ourselves, we really need to be being our own best boss and not our own worst boss and not working hours or working overtime that we wouldn't do at a regular job
3: points made that was dr courtney tracy addiction specialist also known as the truth doctor on tiktok and instagram thank you so much thank you that was great well next up what does it mean to move in silence are you doing it or are you doing the opposite we'll get into it after this Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So
2: when it comes to bragging, you know, um, there's there's this thing that I feel like it's like a cultural thing where it's talking about moving in silence. Mm -hmm. And moving in silence basically means you don't have to let everybody know your business, right? And if you are bragging, and this is actually, this is really interesting. I feel like a lot of people don't realize they're bragging when they are bragging. But it's like one of those things where you have to realize, well, why are you bragging? Why do you feel like you need to to tell everyone what you're accomplishing, what you're doing? Is it based in ego or is it just based in excitement? And is it better to move in silence? Let's talk about this. Shout out to one of our faves, The Real, for giving us a great inspiration. Mm -hmm. It keeps the conversation going, right? Definitely. Should, what what do you what well I guess I'll start with you, Sheer. What do you think about when it comes to like talking about your accomplishments? Are you someone that likely does it or, or does it take you it's a minute it, to do it? It's like, a
3: balance. It depends on the group I'm with of people and the context, right? I do think there is something to be said you know, And I haven't been this person necessarily You know, with work or with people I don't know as well where they need to know about you and you need to own what you've done, right? Like yeah. there's no way for them to find it out. Of course, it's cool when they discover, ooh, you're more than meets the eye, right? But a lot of times I feel like me not – it's not about boasting, but just like owning my awesomeness has yeah. perhaps – not helped me, might've hurt me. Um, but I do think there's a time and place. I mean, you know, and we've talked about this here in the studio, like we have a lot going on. And like, when is the time and place to talk about those things? Oh, yeah, And, and uh, sometimes we might just decide to not share it right away. Yeah, sure. What about you? For, yeah, for me, when I think
4: move in silence, I don't think about muting things that I've actually done. I think about as things are in development to shut up until the ink is dry. That's what I think when I think about move in silence. Um, I also, listen, I, I don't look at, at letting people know about my extensive resume as bragging. I think that that goes hand in hand with how the world is so obsessed with uh, humbling women in particular, uh, and more specifically black women. I mean, if you wanna go there, we can go there. But um, what's the name of this show? Let's go there. (laughs) But yeah. So for me, when I think move in silence, I think about the people who kind of like speak before the ink is dry. And then now you have to do a follow up explanation. I don't really think about people who who already have things uh, accomplished. And typically because the rollout, if the rollout is done tastefully, it doesn't come across. A, as bragging. Yeah, and I do think I that you should that. examine whether you're bragging or not. Like, why yeah. do you feel the to, it, to let people know this? Yeah, it's
3: more the name drop. Like, are you doing that more for, like, ego to prove yourself? Or are you doing it because, like, it makes sense to share this thing because it they someone needs to know it?
2: Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I, I feel like I have always had a huge issue with people who only want to speak to you or only want to treat you like, you know, you're, I mean actually acknowledge your humanity when they feel like you have something to offer for me that's a problem if you if i walk into a room and you don't think uh, like just based off of my looks that i um am somebody i don't have to prove to you that i'm somebody that's never going to be like i don't i don't need to do that that's not uh, your approval your validation means nothing to me and i i've had to most definitely learn that because i think as a a child who um was I, i mean honestly i grew up in the notion a child stays in a child place, which basically means silencing your voice and not even really owning who you are and your thoughts, because people are telling you to shut up because you are a child. I've had to, um, I had to rework through a lot of that where I wasn't so attached to validation. I feel like with therapy, I have been able to shed that those layers of being like. I can walk into a room and and honestly not say anything and still feel comfortable in the power that I own outside of these spaces, regardless of if someone thinks I'm supposed to be there or not.
4: And in fairness, I think that depends on that also dictates the quality of person that you're speaking mm-hmm. to. If someone is is if if the quality of the conversation is dictated on what you do professionally, then you probably don't want to be in fellowship with that person to begin with. Oh, yeah. Because they're not interested in getting to know you for you. Yeah. They want to get to know you in direct proximity to what you do. And like you mentioned, what you then in turn can do for them. Oh, real
2: quick. Yeah. so I
4: think that that's a great way to kind of gauge that as well.
2: But what? What happens when, as, of course, we live in Los Angeles, if everyone imagined Hollywood being Hollywood, what happens if that's sort of, you kind of had to deal with those people as a part of your uh, networking experience?
3: Yeah, I, I think I, I compartmentalize everyone in my life. Like, obviously, I I like to work with people of common values, Yeah, but then everyone has, like, different things that they bring to my life. Like, I don't expect everyone to be everything. Oh, yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. so, I kind of just accept, if someone is that person, but they're, you know... I, they're, they have a good heart. They're kind. And like we work together. And, and when when we're together, all we do is talk about that stuff. That's kind of like what it is. I don't need to make them be my best friend and have a sleepover party. This is like the other it's conversation not about that. Yeah, it's said, not about
2: that. This is like the other conversation we were having the other day where I was challenging Shira on being like, just because someone is nice does not mean they are a good person.
4: And it does not mean that they have the best intentions. And it, to me, it's not about making them my best friend. It's about me personally as Sharjah Sel. I don't want people around me who are potential leeches at all. Oh, totally, but what if both
3: of you are just like, we wanna both do things together. It's not like we wanna be BFFs, like that happens a lot.
2: There's a fine line between understanding like, hey, we are literally collaborating. Like that's a a collaboration is different than just trying to do that. Like if you are collaborating with someone based off of, because they're bringing something to the table and I'm bringing something to the
3: table, that's what it is. But then it goes back to like, let's go back to the bragging part, right? Okay. I think the other way around, I am questionable people that almost don't say anything sometimes all the time where you're Why? like, what's going on in your life? Because it's weird when they're asking
2: you I'm and you're sharing, you're being person. honest no, and the other person Char, is not said, sharing. Shar is most definitely that, that person. Feels like the, that feels like uncomfortable.
4: person. Char will I'm that act. person, for okay. sure.
2: Talk about how you're that person, though.
4: Well, I'm that person only, like I mentioned, as things are in development. I just told Ryan that I had something Coming up I, I never say who it's with of or what it's for. You will see when the ink is dry. Yeah, that's just how I choose to move. But
3: that's different. Like I have a friend, love her, but you know, I'll I'll talk to her one night and I'll be like, How's it going? What's going on? Oh, nothing. You know, everything's really slow. And the next day she'll have like an article in the Hollywood Reporter dropping a big project. I'm <laughs> like, you didn't know this was coming well, out
4: what well do you mean? we have to we have to remember how subjective these things are to her that might not that might just no. Be like a that's girl. become a
3: joke and, and she's now opened up like now when we have conversation and catch up she's actually sharing but she is the type of person that you have to really pull it out of her but just
2: because you're an overshare doesn't mean everyone has to be an i
3: didn't over-share. say overshare i just want <laughs> to know what's happening in your life and you're always that person that's hiding how it's kind of boring i don't think i don't Think that's okay
2: it's a matter of perception yeah I, I i don't i don't feel like it's necessarily hiding but let us know your thoughts at LGT show because we got to wrap here this was a great conversation what's coming up next year
3: well the new york city mayor uh, is already getting pushback for his low skilled jobs comment what went down and what everyone is saying next let's go there with shira and ryan channel q the new new york city mayor eric adams was trying to convince new yorkers uh, t- that the uh, those who can't, you know, work remotely need support. And this was his way of doing it.
7: <laughs> if my businesses are sharing with their employees, you are part of the ecosystem of this city. My low-skilled workers, my cooks, my dishwashers, my messengers, my shoe-shine people, those who work in do- Dunkin' Donuts, they cannot, they don't have the academic skills to sit in a corner office. They need this. We are in this together.
2: That was the most ignorant thing I could have ever in my entire life. Like, why would he ever think that was okay to say? Because oftentimes the reason why those folks are working those jobs is because, guess what? They're not being afforded the other opportunities to succeed in the ways that they probably want to. And let's also be honest, doing those type of jobs, working in fast food, are some of the most complicated jobs. Like, I I honestly, I can't believe I learned how to like, you know, run like, you know, systems and do cashier and then multitask and then, you know, making a quesadilla on the Taco Bell line. Like those things are very complicated. So to think that they don't have the academic skill set to do that is just absolutely ridiculous and honestly elitist.
4: On top of that, sorry, just dropped my phone if you all heard that, but. On top of that, so I did not understand. I did see everyone on Twitter talking about low-skilled jobs. I did not know that this was the source yes. right. that launched that that uh, that Twitter um, discussion. But I did see someone tweet speaking to what you just said, Ryan. They said that they worked as both a software engineer and a Taco Bell, and the one that was that required the most uh, skill would surprise you and he was of course leaning into the taco bell one in, in comparison to software engineer this was su- this missed the mark so grossly mm-hmm. i don't even see how the mayor could even attempt to clean this up if he wanted to and it's his first because uh, it is on highly insulting
3: yeah it's his first week on the job and this guy's saying it and you could see as he said it it is you know there's something wrong in what he's like I, you know his intention is to say That maybe they don't have the opportunities to get the jobs, but then he connected it to their intellect, which is just the most horrible thing. Because guess what? You could have intellect and not still not have the opportunities or have gone to school. Right. Like intellect and, uh, you know, your, your 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 work aren't always connected
4: No. And with the way that the job market is out here, I mean, we just saw that one actor from the Cosby show a few a few years ago who was bagging grocery at Trader Joe's because guess what? Trader Joe's gives great benefits Mm -hmm. and decent pay. Unlike a lot of these, you know, I, I was looking at Trader Joe's pay in comparison to me being a production assistant in unscripted TV, and Trader Joe's was paying more than me being a production assistant. Um, and I got the degree.
3: I, uh, during the holidays, was passing a lot of schools, right? Like, or like walking, and you pass some schools, and you see the signs of saying, oh, we're hiring a bus driver, we're hiring this, that, like a crosswalker. Let me tell you, they're being paid a lot per hour,
4: right? Yeah, they, they, they are. They are. But I, I totally agree with you, Shira. When he looped, the skill set in with their with their intellectualism that's where he really 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 dropped the ball and insulted a whole lot of people
3: yep so hopefully he makes right on that wrong a a new year's resolution (laughs) uh let us know what you thought of this comment lgt shows where you can find us on social media slide into our dms let's go there with shira and ryan channel q we're wrapping up the shows we always do with our yaz queen of the day yes queen okay Is that the new one? Um, You know, I I sometimes like
2: to just play around with it, do different versions. Maybe you'll get a Uh, DPS queen or, you know, another one. Well. I'm just trying to remind people that there's not three women here because everyone always thinks there's... I've been having actually... I'm sorry to go on a little bit of a tangent, but I've been having a lot of people, whether it's on customer service phone calls, everyone has been really, like, attacking my gender identity just because my voice sounds the way it does own it. No, it's actually quite rude. I almost couldn't I, I almost could get something done because someone didn't believe I was Ryan okay, Mitchell. Okay, well that's crazy. Because of the sound yeah, of I, my voice. I
4: tell you to pull forward to the next window, ma'am.
3: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get to yes quickly. <laughs> yes, I was about to get into it before that happened, but It's important to talk about. It is. Let's give a shout out to Timothy LaDuke who might become the first ever out non-binary athlete to compete in the Winter Olympics. The U.S. Figure Skating Championships is taking place uh, this week. LeDuc could be about to skate their way straight to Beijing this winter. Uh, They're an Iowa native, and they could be joining TMUSA for the Winter Olympics. Speaking on NBC Sports, my new favorite Olympian podcast, they said, for me as a person that exists and really thrives outside of the binary, it can be very complicated sometimes. There are going to be people that don't understand it or would be very quick to push me back into the box of, uh, they look at you and they say that I've, a beard or they look at maybe my physical characteristics and say, You're a boy, act like a boy, what are you doing? Well wow. guess what? Me just it doesn't talking matter about my
2: experience. Exactly.
3: So actually that connected. But we want to give a big shout out to them because this is huge and I really hope to see them at the Olympics.
2: Yeah, I like the Olympics. I, I, we talked about this a little bit yesterday where I said I love the Olympics when it comes to, like, the gymnastic and the figure skating. Mm-hmm. Those are the only things I really find interesting. And so I'm very excited that there's more representation. I think I believe the Olympics, the last ones, was one of the most queerest Olympics that we we, we saw when it came to history. And so hopefully we keep that going and
3: more historic moments. That is true. I'm excited. That's our Yes of the Day. Yes queen Well that does it For our show today I can't believe it We made it through Thank you so much Charge yourself For being with us Every Friday Here on Let's Go
4: There Now Yes I'm looking forward to it Thank you both For having me
3: And we are back Monday Weekdays here on Channel Q Live 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern We're going to be getting Into a lot of things Next week Traveling while trans Um, We're going to be Talking about The unexpected ways OCD wreaks havoc On our Uh, sex uh. lives Yikes. A lot of things going down. Of course, what's trending this hour always and the T-Report to keep you updated. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. Yes, yes. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay. Have a great weekend. Bye, y'all.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue.